From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is my privilege to be here with you and I am excited. This is a different day. This is a different time. This is a different Worthless Servants Podcast, but I need to, I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to introduce us. I am Scott Armstrong. To my left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To her left, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. And we have someone new as part of the cast. We're going to dedicate the entire episode to (laughs) this individual. And he is to my right, Reverend Dario Richards. Hi, everybody. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Uh, For for those who don't know or are just tuning in, we have had 132 episodes with a different cast. Uh, AJ and Chelsea are now ministering in New York, upstate New York, and they're doing a great job and things are going great. But that makes it a little more difficult to have a podcast. Um, Not impossible. Obviously, we know that it could happen. Um, We'll probably invite them back at some point. But we said we need to get also some influence here from our own region. And so Barbados is going to be represented. Um, Yes. (laughs) So so Dario is here. And let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to just kind of dedicate this time to get to know Dario. So... Emily, Natalie, do you have any questions for this new member of our podcast? Well, maybe before we get into our questions, it might be good to remind the listeners, maybe some of you are like, I've kind of heard that voice before just with the greeting. Yeah, we've uh, talked to Dario before on the podcast and um, he was here with us for two different episodes, yes. if you remember, like about a year and a half or two years ago, maybe. I, I think the two episodes, at, well, one of them was our most downloaded episode ever. It, was, it, was, it was on race. He's Ray's. a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we know that it was uh, in part uh, because of the topic, it, we talked about race, but but it was, it was in part because of Dario and uh, a lot of his perspective and, and wisdom that he shared in that in that time. But then immediately after that, if you go back to our archives, and where can they find that, Emily? You can find it at mesamericagenesis.org under the podcast tab. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to promote <laughs> that a little bit. Uh, but the next episode was dedicated to ethnocentrism. And also that was, uh, I think that was like in our top 10 of just uh, comments and, and shares and, and downloads. So, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> we got to bring you back. And uh, we really appreciated those two episodes. But also, I should say, before we even ask, I guess, a bunch of questions, we have quite the last, what, decade or more of serving together. And Dario and his wife, Linda, were our global missions coordinators for the Caribbean field for many, many years, you know, serving essentially as missionaries, sometimes with the title, sometimes not, (laughs) but traveling, deploying, mobilizing the church. And so uh, that's not exactly what is happening today. Well, it is, but in different ways. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that. So, Natalie, what is uh, maybe a question you have for Dario? Okay, Dario. If you have to describe yourself just in a few words, what would you say? Um, I would say I'm fun. Okay. Um, I'm simple. Interesting. Um, I will also say I am strategic in nature. You mm. know, like clarity. Or I like to see the end goal where we're going. Um, I'm also very relaxed. Um, I could be a bit of a clone, well, much of a clone if my wife was here. <laughs> so those would be the few words that I would use. <laughs> now, I'm interested. Why would you choose simple? Yeah, I, I say simple because it doesn't take much for me to feel 
I'm at peace. It doesn't take much for me to function. I could function with very limited resources. Awesome. So, so simple as opposed to complex and sure. extremely needy. Minimalist. <laughs> yeah. I want to know um, like the details of your life. So like if you want to tell us how old are you, tell us how long you've been married, if you've got any kids, how, the, how old they are, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm 31 years old. Um, I have two kids. I'm married to one wife, Linda. Just one. Shout out, Linda. Uh, shout out, Linda. <laughs> um, we have two beautiful children, Caleb, um, who's three years old, Zara, who's one years one year old. A whole handful and bundle of joy at the same time. Um, so yeah, any more details specifically you want to know? Well, how would you describe now? I know that your kids are pretty small and they're developing their personalities and everything, but if you had to describe Linda and then Caleb and Zara in, in a few words, just like you did for yourself, what would you say? Yeah, for Linda, I would describe Linda as a treasure. Um, in many ways, I think she's a hidden treasure. Like, I don't think people, um, grasp the magnitude of contribution that she can make. Uh, to making their lives and organizations better. Um, You're saying like behind the scenes, just working and no one really is aware. Yeah, like whether behind the scenes or in front, I just feel like people don't get the magnitude of what she could contribute sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just how she adds to making life better. So I describe mm. her as a treasure all the time. And in some cases, a hidden treasure. Um, Caleb, uh, I would describe him as intelligent. Yeah. Um, I don't have another older child to compare him to, <laughs> uh, but I feel as though oftentimes he's too smart for his age. Yes. <laughs> he's very intelligent. Um, he has a level of clarity. You know, he's always clear on what he wants and what he does not want, how he feels and how he does not feel, you know? Um, and I, 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 I love that about him. And Zara is just determined. You know, Zara has mm. the focus. If she wants something, she would move the earth to get it. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so yeah, but her her focus and determination is a standout. Yeah. I need to get to know them. <laughs> yes. I need to learn from them. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, how even at a very young age, you can start to see yeah. determination or yeah. tenacity or yeah. intelligence and things like yeah, that. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So where have you been involved in ministry recently? I talked a little bit about our time together, of course, uh, mobilizing and, and missions trips and different things. Are you, I know, in, in fact, I know, uh, but the, our listeners don't, you're kind of in a, in a transition in this moment. Yeah. Um, I recently just not too long ago resigned from a senior pastor role at the local church in Barbados. Um, I would have served in the capacity of senior pastor to two different churches over a seven year period. Um, so I just transitioned out of there to go back into a more um, missional role. Um, as Scott would have mentioned, I served myself and Lynn together. We served as the global mission coordinators in the field uh, for a number of years. It was a very exciting time, um, just helping to contribute to revitalizing youth in mission in the region. Um, and now I'm going to be going back into uh, a similar Caribbean developmental role, uh, specifically using sports as a vehicle. Um, just for community transformation and disciple making and leadership development. Um, so those are my major <laughs> ministry spaces, missions and 
pastoral ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but even sports, uh, yeah. are you going to continue living in Barbados? Yeah, so we're going to be grounded based in Barbados. Um, just a bit more moving around, um, but we are going to definitely be home. One of the benefits of that is we, uh, another ministry thing that we do is we have a program to the prison where we mm. actually use sports and sports transformation with the prisoners, which gives us the opportunity to keep doing that as well. Um, so yeah, but grounded in Barbados, yeah. Will a lot of your travels be in the Caribbean or outside or? Yeah, the, the primary focus of our ministry right now is in the Caribbean. Uh, so we're going to be focused there, but then obviously there will still be you know opportunities and reasons to go outside of the region and come back in. But the, the focus is regional development, Caribbean development, um, so yeah. Awesome. That's cool. I um, was thinking, Dario, we've known you for a long time, <laughs> a very long time to hear you say you're only 31 years old. It makes me realize how <laughs> young you were when we first crossed paths. Um, and I think one of the things, I don't know if I've told you before, but one of my favorite memories with you is when we got to go to New York City together with our coordinators yeah. and to learn about urban ministry. And uh, you gave a devotion on John 15 of Abide in Me. I get a little emotional because that was very formative for me. Oh. And when I think about how right now, like how young you were and how much that really stuck with me and the thing that you hammered over and over and over again was um, we need to change what we call success. Yeah. And success is when we find ourselves abiding in Christ and spending yeah. time with Christ. And that's when we know we're successful. And, and it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I'd heard that before, but for some reason, when you said it, when you were doing that devotional, like the Lord just really spoke to my heart and my life. And it makes me wonder, is there, um, a certain topic or a certain theme that you feel like is something that the, it might not be that necessarily. That's my memory, right? But um, when you find yourself being invited to preach or to give a devotional, is there certain areas that you find yourself gravitating towards that you feel like God has kind of given you some revelation of himself that you like to share with people? Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to the, the sense of calling conversation I've been trained to think about calling on two levels, um, your primary calling and your secondary calling. Primary calling meaning the calling that all believers have, you know, uh, which is ultimately to glorify God, to live for the glory of God and the good of mankind. You know, love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then on a secondary basis, um, I feel called toward, I, I, I say as this, you know, just to, inspire individuals, organizations, and nations um, to fulfill their purpose and to maximize their potential. So when persons invite me to speak, to communicate, to teach, I always gravitate towards um, what are foundational issues can I address to assist people to discover their purpose. Mm. And purpose discovery is success discovery, right? If you, if you I, I define success, as doing that which God has created you to do. That's the that's it, you know? So I'm gravitated towards that. But then more than that, um, not just helping people to connect with a sense of purpose, but then maximizing their potential in it, doing it to the best of their ability. Uh, because we, especially, you know, <laughs> where I come from, you get so many people that are clearly gifted, clearly called to an area, but they do it in such a mediocre manner. They mm -hmm. don't do it, 
you know, to the best of their ability. Like, like they don't maximize all that God has given them in this space to really function. Yeah. Um, so those are two two things that I gravitate to the most. Yeah. How do we connect people with purpose and how do we inspire them to don't just don't just do it, you know, like maximize your potential in it. So yeah, those are the... So uh, as you have been connecting people with their purposes, I think you've been traveling a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Or not? Or yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You're assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> so where have you been traveling and like what was your favorite, favorite trip if you have? Yeah, so collectively, I think at this point, I've touched close to 30 countries. Hmm. Um, but Ooh. my favorite one was to probably be my first mission trip to Haiti. Um, because, you know, you know, many people talk about receiving or sensing a call to missions. There was a service or they were at a CCO, etc. Um, I ended up on this mission trip because I, I was preaching somewhere. And after a friend came to me and said, Dario, you know, there's a mission trip to Haiti. I think you should go. I said, all right, I'll go. <laughs> you know, there was, was there anything deep or spiritual about it? You know, God didn't come out the skies and say, I call you to missions. But it was on that mission trip um, that I really felt like, you know, like I remember leaving Haiti thinking, I want to do this for the rest of my life, hmm. you know. Um, I, we almost died on a mission trip. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other story. That's for story um, time. We'll yeah. have an episode called Story Time. We yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in the midst of it, um, I just felt like that was a pivotal moment. As a matter of fact, I since that first mission trip in 2008, I have been involved in some type of cross-cultural ministry every single year. Wow. So I have traveled every single year from then. It was just this pivotal moment in my life. So that was my my favorite still. Yeah. Wow, awesome. Yeah, you've been in even multiple continents. <laughs> like yeah. you've, you've been all over the place. It's not just like, hey, I have done 30 countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. It's like you've been to multiple places when I think about. Um, so traveling has allowed you to experience lots of different cultural things, but also like maybe different foods and things like oh, that. Yeah. So I'd love to know maybe um, a different food that maybe your travels that you really like, but then when you're at home, What's your very favorite food that you would like to eat when you're at home in Barbados? Yeah, so traveling, I love Asian food. Um, mm, anything Asian. <laughs> yeah. Anything Asian and seafood, um, yes. I love it. Uh, and I think I get that bit from Linda as well because, oh. you know, she loves Asian food as well. Nice. Um, if I ask her where she wants to go, she would say Japan mm. only because of the food. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll see if I can make that yeah. happen. <laughs> so, so I get that from her, you know. Um, but when I'm home, what is my favorite meal at home? Um, it will be the same thing, but just... Caribbean style, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pasta and seafood. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, pasta probably um shrimp, you know, with tomato mm -hmm. sauce. Uh, definitely my favorite. I can eat that the entire week. So do you <laughs> yeah. put a lot of spice into your food in Barbados, oh, or is it not very spicy? Yeah, no. In Barbados, we are, we we are flavorful. So we add, you know, seasonings for yes. flavor. But then Linda, who's from Guyana, ah. from a, a heavy, you know, Indo-Guyanese background where spice is like, you know, like, this King. is what we do. Right? <laughs> yes. So she introduces another level. I, I studied in Trinidad, which has a heavy Indian um, population. 
Linda's from Guyana, a heavy Indian population. We know Indian equals spice. So she adds that component to our meals and it's good. Um, even the children now are like, are like, no, it's too hot. And Caleb is like, no, daddy, it's all right. It's all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So obviously it's kind of interesting. There are different levels of culture we could talk about. The English yeah. Caribbean has a, a, you know, a culture. And, but if you had to describe Barbados, if you had to say, ah, I'm a product of, of this culture. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying you're only that, but, right. but you know, what are you most proud of about Barbados? And if you had to say, Hey, we are a people that is, or, or whatever. What I'm most proud about is despite our size, Barbados is 166 square miles, mm -hmm. 300,000 people. Uh, but historically Barbados has stood as a leader in the Caribbean. You know, we have had the, I guess it's just the grace of God to see many national and regional leaders emerge who were able to contribute significantly mm. to the development of our region. And that's something that um, I think has not just historical implications, but future implications for what we can be as a nation. Mm. Um, despite our size, you know, we were able to do, to do big things. There's this famous quote that was said about our country by a, uh, a global leader once they spoke about Barbados as a country with the capacity to punch above its weight, you know. Mm. So, mm. so sometimes that pride gets to our heads, but it's <laughs> something that that I really love about Barbados. If there's one thing I miss, you know, when I travel and when I move around about Barbados, is and I guess this may be biased, anybody may be able to say this, but in Barbados, there's a type of comfort and safety. That whenever I, I move, you don't have that anymore. You have to be more conscious. You must be more aware of what's happening. You must always be tapping my pockets to make sure that, you know, what I left with, I still have. But when I land in Barbados, you know, is there's this level of freedom that, you know, I could go to the beach at midnight and yes. I'll be comfortable. I'm not saying that Barbados doesn't have crime and violence. We do, like every other place, but it, it is not to the degree... You know that it has robbed the hmm. general sense of safety, you know, mm -hmm. still comfortable to do things that you wouldn't even think of in other places. So that's why I love, mm. love about it. Yeah. What do you call a person from Barbados? A Barbadian. That's the proper English. Okay. A Bajan <laughs> is the is the slang we would use. You're a Bajan or you're Bajan. Barbadian. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Always need to ask those questions. <laughs> <laughs> So if you have a day off in Barbados, like free time to do anything you would like to do in there, what would you do with yeah. your family? With two children, I would spend the first part of the day sleeping. <laughs> 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 Just to catch up on some of that sleep. Um, then I would take the kids to the beach. They both love um, the beach. So I would take them there, watch them play for a bit. And then I would get a babysitter for them, you know, drop them by the babysitter and then just leave and go roaming with Linda. Mm. Um, either do something organized, like a date, go to a restaurant or just drive around and find things to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what a free day would look like for me. Okay, okay, okay. How <laughs> close do you live to the beach? Oh, we live... Every place I've lived in Barbados is less than 10 minutes away from the beach. Wow. Is there like so, a beach all over the place? Like some people think over. Caribbean islands are just beaches. Is Barbados <laughs> yeah, like Bar filled with beaches? All over. No yeah. matter where you are, 
you can find a beach within a 15 minute time frame. Wow. You can wow. get to a beach. There's um, a reason why tourism is thriving in Barbados. Yep, <laughs> yep it is. Wow. Beaches are more than accessible. And in Barbados, it is illegal to privatize the beach. Oh, so, perfect. So, yeah, so not only are they available, they are accessible. You nice. can get them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Our next vacation is there, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, we, had a, uh, we had a global missions retreat there, yeah. and uh, they just said, well, I mean, we can't be in Barbados without just going to the beach. But yeah. it was it was later at night. I remember it was like 9.30 or 10, and yeah. I said, I usually don't go to the <laughs> beach at, at this yeah. time. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. Uh, so just, I mean, this isn't a very serious question, but like, what is your favorite uh, musician? What is your favorite movie? Sometimes we can learn a lot just just hearing that from you. All right, let me, with, with music, the truth is I don't have a favorite musician. Okay. You know, like I always, it always makes me feel weird because it seems that like the majority of people are lovers of music and they have, yeah. a, I don't even have a, a music playlist on my phone. Like, yeah. If yeah, I want yeah. music, I have to go on YouTube and Google <laughs> something, you know? So I, I wouldn't say I have a, a favorite musician, um, but I love, I love music. I love the mixture of, you know, the Caribbean style genres, you know, then sometimes we could branch over into the hill songs and the, right. and the elevation worships, but, I, I, I wouldn't label a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite movie will probably be Batman: The Dark Knight Rises. That one, uh-huh. um, primarily because of Bane's character. Mm-hmm. Like I think in the movie, like Bane was a prophet. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like like this this whole idea of of just the danger of hope, having hope in the wrong things or in the mm. wrong person. How how you know there's this line where he actually says to Batman he's going to kill them with hope you know he's going to make them feel hopeful and then just destroy and I have preached sermons Mm. (laughs) from that movie nice nice that's awesome that's good. I, now I have to watch that movie again because I'm like, <laughs> I have not seen the depth that he has. No, that's awesome. Um, so what is one thing that you feel like people misunderstand about you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Early, I realized it was this trend in my life where multiple people at different times would come to me and they would say something like, Dario, you know, when I first met you, I did not like you. Oh. But no, I realize that you're cool, you know? <laughs> uh, and I will wonder why. And obviously because um, I don't think I'm as much of that known as before. Um, when I walk in a room, I'm loud, you know. I, I, It is easy to just grab attention and, you know, be the, the central focus by talking all the time. Um, and from that, it will be interpreted as, you know, shallow, mm. moisturous. Um, till eventually after, you know, a few one-on-one conversations or hearing me speak in different spaces, they will realize that there's some level of that mm. <laughs> or wisdom. Um, so I think uh, one of the misinterpretations just at face value, people have misjudged, you know, who I am based mm-hmm. on their perception of um, someone being loud or boisterous. Yeah, so I would say that, yeah. We are a podcast that, that deals with culture and missions, but that's what... Uh, why we think it's perfect to have you on. Uh, that is uh, your ministry, your calling. But what is your hope for this podcast? Obviously, as you now are a part of the cast and and going forward, what would you like to see? I think I think that 
a pod, the podcast being an original initiative in the Mesoamerica region, I think adding a Caribbean voice um, not only would um, add value to the podcast itself, but I think it is another means and ways to contribute to the original development in the Caribbean. Mm. Um, you know, I think if I go back to that calling component, that there's still much connection to purpose and maximization of potential to happen in the region. Um, I think we are now becoming a mission force, much more than a mission field, but mm. there's oh, some like more motivation, some more, um, you know, provoking that is needed. And I think, you know, this podcast could just be another avenue to connect with the Caribbean, connect with other parts of the region, and just build a, a, a region of feel that is doing that which God has called it to. So yeah. I just hope that we can make contributions through this podcast in helping um, to see people connect with God and connect with His purpose. Yeah. Wow, that's our hope too. And uh, I mean, if someone is listening right now, I, I, and I do anticipate honestly that there will be some people that maybe this would be their first episode that they would hear. What would you like to tell the listener? Yeah, I think my assumption would be you're probably already a believer, a Christian. And my challenge to, to you would be to just trust God with all, you know. Christianity is so much more exciting when you go all in, you know, as opposed to, you know, half in, half out, as opposed to, you know, worrying and not trusting God completely with what he has said. Um, there's an entire adventure. There's an entire um, world or space of grace and provision and opportunity. Uh, when you when you just dive in head first, when you trade your life for his life. Um, so my challenge to you is to, is to do that, you know, do it with all your heart. And I promise you that you will not regret, you know, the journey that God would lead you on. Yeah. Well, we are going to end this time. But before we do, there are people that may be hearing us for the first time. And I don't know if they've been attracted to or offended by our name. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, our name has been uh, a little co more controversial than I thought. I, uh, but I would like, um, Emily, could you kind of give us a rundown? Or I don't know if you want to even, even read it. But it comes from Luke 17. And again, we're transitioning from kind of talking with Dario, getting to know him. But we want you as the listener to hear and to know this is why, like we didn't just, ah, let's just throw a name out and let's just, I mean, there is an important reason why we are called this. So Emily. It comes from Luke chapter 17, and I'm going to read out of the um, New Revised Standard Version. That's my preferred version. <laughs> Everybody can have their own preferred. That's fine. So starting in verse 7, it says, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for what was com for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we have ought to have done. And we uh, have used that verse as this podcast, but as 
pieces of a ministry that is called to serve. That is what uh, the heart of a missionary is, is to serve other people in other cultures and other nations and other language groups. And uh, it's a piece of the duty that God has given us to do. And sometimes we're not thanked for that. However, we recognize that it's still a part of the calling. Um, And I know that for me, it's been a very formative piece of biblical reference for a missionary service because the church tends to elevate the mission is like the ultimate, you know, uh, this is the ultimate Christianhood, right? Like you forsaken your family and your country and your culture, and you are all in on faith and God is blessing you upon blessing. And uh, it's good for us to remember that, no, we're just worthless servants. We, um, God has chosen to command us to do these specific things and we're just doing what God has told us to do. So that's in, why we've embraced the the worthless servant title. In the essence of, of, of missions is to serve. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The NRSV is even stronger. If yes, you <laughs> if you think our title is is too strong, is is not appropriate. Think about what actually it says in, in the original t- worthless. <laughs> yeah, we, we we decided against that uh, uh, against that. We title. went NIV with the uh, worthless <laughs> yeah. servant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, any thoughts, Natalie or or Dario, about like even this name, or or can it help us going forward, <laughs> or how will it be perceived? I have no idea. No, man, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I think a little bit of controversy, you know, healthy controversy is good. <laughs> this is why we, um, we, we like each other. Yeah, <laughs> good. it's good. Um, not just from a marketing perspective, <laughs> but also from um, clear communication about what we are about. Uh, you know, we could get so caught up in, especially in the age we live in, about how special we are and how God uses us. Exactly. When at the at the at the heart of it, you know, we are servants. We mm-hmm. are slaves to Christ. We do what He bids us to do. Sometimes that comes with a reward. Other times it does not. You know, mm-hmm. yep. and mm-hmm. and there's no other way to communicate that. Yeah. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too because it doesn't focus on us. But it focuses on what he wants us to do. It's all about him. I love that. That's awesome. Well, good. Um, Emily, obviously, if people want to kind of greet, give the welcome to Dario, or if they just want to talk to us and find other episodes, where can they do that? Yeah, find us on our Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find more of these episodes on MesoamericaGenesis.org on the podcast tab. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that's it. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Dario Richards. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Emily Armstrong. New cast, new time. (laughs) We'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.